listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I wanted to show you something that uh, I know people... People get frustrated, you know, when they're when they stay in one spot for too long. And uh, I wanted to deal with this subject today on the broadcast, talking about uh, why people are not advancing in life. Why are people not advancing? What like like what's the story? What's going on that would keep you from moving forward in what God's called you to do? There's nothing more frustrating than knowing you're supposed to be doing something, knowing you're called to do something, and uh, it's not taking place. You're just not seeing the advancement. And being stagnant is one of the worst feelings. You know, it's funny because even even when you're increasing, because we know God's plan is that all of us increase steadily in every area of life. Even even my wife and I, after coming through uh, the two best years that we've ever had, in the history of our ministry. We were praying, uh, morning Regina, we were praying um, at the beginning of the year and just feeling in our spirit, like, you know, even though we just had the two best years ever, we can feel like that discomfort. It's it, that there, it's time to grow again. It's time to go higher. It's time to do more than we've ever done. God has more than this, which blows some people's mind when they're like, man, I have surpassed anything I've ever done. God is truly blessed. And then you're like, you know what? I can feel that there's a whole lot more than what we've already seen. And that's true because uh, the path of the righteous is a shining light that continues to shine brighter until the perfect day, the Bible says. So you're not called to just plateau and stay in one place. Never ending increase should be your story. And so I wanted to talk about today why many people never do increase, why they never uh, advance in their life or their call. And let me just encourage you with this. Every one of you has been called and purposed by God to do something in the kingdom. And it doesn't mean you have to be in the fivefold ministry gift. You might be in business. You might be a teacher. You might be, uh, you know, even a a, a stay-at-home mom. You know, it doesn't matter. You're anointed if you're in the kingdom of God. You've got a purpose on your life and you're called. Amen. <laughs> My wife shouted amen from the other room. And so <laughs> and so today I wanted to deal with and, and, and cover why people don't uh, advance in their call. They, they don't advance in their purpose and what God has set them apart to do. And um, I would say the first one, I won't spend a lot of time on this because uh, you know, we've talked about this before at length, but the first one truly, and, and I've, I've, the reason I'm going to talk about it a little bit is because we see it so often and, and everywhere we go talking to people or having people ask us to pray for them at the altar. The first reason that people don't advance is because they don't know where they're supposed to advance. They don't know what their calling is. They don't know what their purpose is. I'm telling you after, after being in the ministry, uh, for 20 years, if I could impart one thing, especially to young people, you know, around 
this country and other countries in the body of Christ, it would be that they had the ability to clearly hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> clearly be led by the Holy Ghost. Because one of the things that's so frustrating is to see Christian young people that have no idea what they're supposed to do with their life. They're just like wandering. They're floating through life. No idea. And it's, it's detrimental to you as a Christian to not know what you're called to do. Every Christian is supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. And um, <clears throat> to use the quote uh, that Bishop Oyedepo uses on this, he said, if you don't know where you're going, anywhere you arrive looks like your destination. And that's true. If you don't know where you're going, anywhere you arrive looks like your destination. And that's exactly right. Um, and so the key is having that vision, knowing what you're called to do. And so uh, I, I thank God that we've, you know, even from a young age, you know, knowing what the Lord had called me to do was a huge help because as I've said before, knowing your calling, your purpose gives you parameters. It shows you, I should do this, I shouldn't do that. I should go this direction, I shouldn't go that direction. The moment you have your calling, your purpose intact, it gives you parameters. And that's what, what our generation needs more than anything. We're not called to wander. We're not called to uh, float through life with no direction. And so the reason that people miss it, 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 people shouldn't have to wait until they're like 50 years old, you know, to know what they should be doing. People shouldn't have to wait till 40 years old or even 30 years old. People should be able to catch what the Lord has for them and, and not only catch it, grasp onto it and run with it. And um, I find that sad that, you know, the there's so many. Well, so what's the cause of that? What's the cause of so many young people not uh, knowing what they're called to do? Well, one of the, the places that where I would lay blame is that many churches now in America and around the world uh, are not churches that teach, preach, and practice uh, being led by the Spirit or even being filled with the Spirit or even know what the Spirit of God does, you know. And, and so as a result, we've taken the Holy Spirit out. We've taken the gifts of the Spirit out. We've taken the move of the Spirit out. Well, what's going to happen? You're going to raise up a generation of young people that don't know anything about the Holy Spirit at all. And it, and it becomes detrimental to their life because Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter and our guide. He sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth that we would not need, that any man would teach us that the Holy Spirit would teach us all things. Well, you remove that element from the church and you've not only, you've not just removed the comforter, you've removed the guide, you've removed uh, the leader. And, and it's it's a dangerous thing. So young people, they, they deal with that because now they're, they're Christians, but they're drifting. They're drifting. They don't know which way to go. Morning, Ashley. And so the key is you've got to know what you're called to do. You've got to fast and pray until you get it. You've got to, you've got to press in to the spirit of God until you get this, what the Lord has for you. So important. you got to get it. 
Because once that thing, once your eyes open and you feel that, that tug, that you know what that calling is, it gives you now the ability. I can tell you this, it is the greatest feeling in the world to get that knowing inside you that call it. I know for a fact what I'm supposed to do and I'm running full speed at it. Everything's falling into place. It's the greatest feeling in the world. And it's the worst feeling in the world to sit around wondering and be confused about what you're supposed to do with your life. And I'm telling you, it, it's worth every second of fasting and prayer. It's worth every moment of pressing in to get that calling. And, um, and you've got to do that. Um, that's number one, that people, if you're putting these in, the, in your notes or you're, um, you're putting them in the chat or the comments, the number one reason people don't advance is because they don't know what they're called to do. They don't know their purpose. They don't know their calling. And you have to discover it at all costs without question. You've got to discover it at all costs. Um, the second thing, the second reason that people never advance in their purpose or their calling is because uh, they never connect with a mentor or a spiritual father. They never ever connect with a mentor or a spiritual father. When that's clearly God's way of bringing advancement to your purpose in your life, clearly. That's, by the way, if you didn't know, that's the whole reason that I wrote that book, Further Faster. That's the whole reason I wrote the book. How God uses impartation to speed up, maximize the purpose of your life. That's God's system. That's not man's system. God came up with that. And, you know, if people don't have anyone in their life speaking into their life, man, let me tell you, it is a terrible existence where you're just groping through the dark trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. God, it's not like we don't depend on the Holy Spirit, but do you realize God sends men and women into our lives to teach us what to do to show us the way to go. So all I need is the Holy Spirit. Well, if that's the case, why did God set up gifts in the church? The Bible says that in Ephesians chapter four. He gave gifts unto men. What are they? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. For what purpose? For the perfecting of the saints. And so it's not that like we just came up with like, well, we don't need the Holy Spirit. We need something else. God set that up. God is the one who said, I'm going to put people in their lives that have been there, done that. They have the wisdom. And so you know what that ends up taking? It takes supernatural humility to allow other people to speak into your life and to give you instruction, but also correction, also correction. And so when you have a spiritual father, when you have a mentor in your life, they, it has to be, put, the, put this in your notes because it's so important. You're not just looking for somebody that will only encourage you. You're not looking for that. Yes, you need encouragement. But if someone's going to truly be like a spiritual father to you, if somebody's going to truly be a mentor to you, then two things. They have to be willing to correct you and you have to be willing 
to receive their correction. Let me say that again because it is vital. If somebody's going to be a spiritual father to you, you have they have to be willing to correct you and you have to be willing to receive their correction. Amen. I was thinking about how my pastor, Bishop Rick Thomas was saying, you know, and I, I believe he turned 70 or 71 this year. You know, he still considers Dr. John Evanzini, who's in his 80s, uh, to be his mentor, uh, if you will. And he's told me, he said, listen, if Dr. John called me up and said, don't preach that anymore, don't do that anymore, don't, don't, he said, I would, I would listen to him. I would listen to him. If he told me don't preach anymore, I wouldn't preach it anymore. What is that? Accountability to someone that you consider to be your mentor, somebody that you consider to be a spiritual father. And so uh, don't just look for somebody that's going to always encourage you, encourage you, because with encourage, I mean, encouragement's good. We need it. But without correction, you can't advance. I always try to use the, um, I always try to use the example of uh, a GPS because you realize that every time that GPS uh, gives you a, a command, every time you do that, that is correction. We call it course correction. You know, there's course correction. It, it, and that's what instructions are. Instructions can come in the form of course correction. And if you don't know how to get somewhere and you're trying to get there, that's the whole point of the GPS, whether it's Google Maps on your phone, Apple Maps, whatever you use, maybe it's a GPS in your vehicle. And if you don't know how to get where you're going, that's the whole point of that interface is that it's going to, along your way, along the path, it's gonna continue to correct you. It's gonna continue to correct your course. Well, let's say the first thing you had to do when you came out of your neighborhood was take a right. All right, well, you take that right, but there's an entrance to the interstate as you go eight miles down the road. Well, when you can, you're already on that that you know town road or that back road, whatever it might be in your in your town, you're already on the main street. But and that's what you're driving on, and you could continue driving on it, but to get where you need to go you need to jump on the interstate. Well, as you're nearing it, that interface is gonna tell you in you know in 800 feet, get on the entrance to I-95 or whatever your interstate is. It's gonna tell you. But notice what that is. That's a correction because you're currently on another road. And as you're currently on another road, you could stay going that direction. But in a moment, that thing's gonna correct your course and put you on a different path. Well, why? It's not because you everybody knows this. It's not because your GPS is trying to manipulate your life. <laughs> Nobody would think that. Nobody would like hear their GPS talking to you like, I can't believe you'd say that to me. You don't know me. Uh, you don't, you don't have any control of my, you're not my, you're not my pastor. You know what I'm saying? Now your GPS is trying to get you where you need to go the quickest way possible. And so it's going to correct your course. What are you going to do? You're going to get on the interstate. And as you're on the interstate, listen, you could, I could stay on I-95 until I'm all the way down to the bottom of Florida. But let me tell you something. If I'm trying to get to a restaurant, when it tells me, 
you know, in five miles, take exit 116. It's another correction. It's another correction that'll get me off of the track that I'm currently on, put me onto another one that'll get me where I need to go. And so when you're looking for somebody in your life that's supposed to be a mentor or a spiritual father, don't just look for somebody that's going to encourage you all the time. You need somebody that's going to be willing to correct you, but it's somebody who also is strong enough in your life that you're willing to take their correction humbly and make the changes. And we have to be willing to do that. People will not advance if they're not willing to receive correction. And uh, that's why the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that a fool despises correction, but a wise person seeks it out. A fool despises correction, but a wise person seeks it out. You know, anytime I'm doing something, if, I, if I'm launching into a new project, whatever it might be, I don't care if I'm writing a new book, I don't care if I'm going in a new direction, I will find people, I will find people that I trust that are beyond me. And I'll say, uh, look over what I'm doing, look over these plans, or I may talk to them about what I'm doing, and say, tell me what you think is wrong with this. I don't, I'm not looking for yes men, I'm not looking for yes women to just praise everything that I'm doing. I'll look over it and I'll say, hey, tell me what you don't like about this. Tell me what you think is wrong with this. Do you see mistakes? Do you think, do you see things that I need to change? I want to hear those things. I want to hear what I need to change. I want to hear what they think needs to be corrected. Why? Because I want to succeed in what I'm called to do. So I don't, I don't just need a bunch of yes men around that are just constantly praising everything I'm doing. People just are constantly encouraging me when I really need to be corrected. And that's, that's the key, that if you're going to advance in your purpose, if you're going to advance in your call, you have to have somebody who is willing to correct you and you've got to be willing to correct, uh, to receive their correction. So that number two uh, reason people never advance is because truly they don't have a connection. Uh, they don't have a correct, they don't have a connection with somebody that, that will mentor them. And uh, it's not, per, it's not even necessarily that, that it depends on if the correction is done in a motivational way. It doesn't even really matter. Because if that's the person God's connected you with, if, if that's the person that, that you know you're supposed to be under, then you've got to be humble enough to receive the correction no matter how it comes. You know, no matter how it comes. Not everybody's perfect. Every person you'll ever be connected with has a flesh nature. Every person you'll ever be connected with uh, is striving to be more like Christ themselves. And nobody's perfect. So you might get you might get a, an instruction. It might be curt. It might be short. It might be with some frustration. But you have to learn how to look past the flesh and look at the spirit and say, I, I understand that. I understand what I'm supposed to do. I understand the instruction. I understand the correction and I'm going to take it. Do I wish they'd have said it to me differently? Yes, but that's not my business. My business is, am I going to increase or am I going to decrease and stay where I'm at because I didn't like the way somebody told me something? See, that's a very immature way to live your Christian life. That un unless everything is said to you perfectly, unless everything is communicated to you perfectly, you just don't receive it. No, 
you that's a that's an immature way to live and a, and a sure way to stay where you always have been and never increase. Um, someone asked, "What is what if the correction is always about your personality more than your calling?" Um, personalities need to be corrected. I've dealt with this on the on the broadcast before. We've got this. We've got this. Uh, hey, brother Kevin. We've got this uh, mindset in 2022. Well, if you don't like me for who I am, then you don't really love me because this is the real me, and I, I this is this is who I am, and I just speak my mind, and I, that's the kind of person I am. Well, you have to realize that, and, and this is important. So please get this in your spirit. Please get this in your spirit. You don't have the luxury of just uh, creating your own individual personality. People say, what? You don't have the luxury as a Christian of just being whatever you want to be, acting however you want to act. Well, that's just me. You know, I speak my mind to people. I just tell them what I think. You don't have the luxury of doing whatever you want. The Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit define who we are supposed to be. So you can't say, look, well, I just have a temper. That's just who I am. And if you tick me off, I'm going to rip you up. And, you, you know, if that's too much for you, maybe you don't need to be my friend. There's people that talk like that. And they don't even realize that they're extremely immature in the faith. Because if you understand the scripture, we define our personalities based upon the word of God, based upon the fruit of the spirit. And the key being that you don't get to choose whether or not you walk in love. You don't get to choose whether or not you walk in joy or peace. You don't get to choose whether or not you're kind or gentle. You don't get to choose whether or not you have self-control. The scripture tells us that to be like Jesus, to walk by the spirit, that's what it looks like. So people that are immature live like that. Well, if you don't like room, and correction will come to your personality. Correction will come to your personality without question. And any good leader will, uh, if, if need be, will speak to you about your personality if it's off, if it needs to be corrected, it needs to be changed. And uh, because your person, you can't, it's not like you can disconnect your personality from your calling. You're the person that's in the middle of your calling. And so if, you're, if your personality needs to be corrected so you can complete your calling, then be humble and receive the correction. Be humble and receive the correction. One of the biggest one of the biggest things that people have an issue with today is uh, properly receiving correction and not getting offended about it. Don't be offended when correction comes to you, and don't respond harshly. Receive it. You know, maybe let me give you an example. What if the correction that's coming to you is not even like it's 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 not even. Um, it's not even warranted, like it's wrong, for example. Like they read the situation wrong, you shouldn't have been corrected like that. That happens. But you know, rather than lashing out or getting offended or leaving the church or leaving your mentor, whatever it might be, why don't you just accept it, receive it, and then if you don't need it, don't do anything with it. You know, if you know that they made a mistake or if they were just speaking out of their flesh or they were just angry at the time or whatever it might be, then listen, just receive it humbly, smile, say thank you for caring about me, and then just put it in the, put it in your back pocket. Put it on the shelf if you don't need it. 
Just receive it, stay humble, stay hungry, and stay submitted and keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. And it really is true that when God puts somebody in your life, uh, he wants to put somebody in your life that's going to help you. And that's why uh, it's important to know who God's connected you with. That's huge. Who has God connected me with? And so one of the reasons people don't advance is because they don't have any connections with someone that would be a spiritual father, a mentor, that can correct them and give them instructions that would cause them to move forward. And it's a very sad thing to see happen, but it does happen. And there's far too many lone rangers in the body of Christ. Well, I don't need anybody, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself, I'll do it myself. My way's better, it's pride. I just saw a guy online the other day that I was very blown away. I hadn't seen him in years, minister. And uh, he used to be a very powerful guy. Uh, he was doing a lot. I was always blown away by by his skill, talent, ability, ministry, watching, you know. And um, he, he basically separated himself from everybody. I don't need anybody. I don't need anything. I don't need anybody. I'm just going to do this on my own. And I looked, I looked the other day. He's popped up on my social media. Hadn't seen him in years. And uh, couldn't take correction, couldn't take instruction, didn't need anybody in his life. And now literally doing nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. And it blew my mind. It blew my mind to think of where he used to be and where he's at today. And I thought to myself, good Lord, you can't isolate yourself and have no input and have no connections and have nobody speaking to you, helping you, course correcting you and expect to increase. And he had nobody and he isolated himself and he had pride and he would not. And it's heartbreaking. That's right, AJ. It's heartbreaking. Just a nosedive into anonymity, into oblivion, if you will. Just like nothing. And it broke my heart because, man, uh, I, I hate to see people just continually diminish because they have one thing or another. Just completely diminish like that. So sad. But you've got to have people in your life. The Lord sends you people. You know, even in the New Testament, there were people that God sent to other people. Not just in the old. We're not just talking Moses and Joshua. We're not just talking Elijah and Elisha. We're talking New Testament. You know, even, even the disciples, they had Jesus. The apostles, they raised up people. I've used the story in uh, in my book, uh, Further Faster. I used the story that uh, when Paul wrote his letter, uh, he was talking about Onesimus. And he's talking about how Onesimus used to be very useless as a person. Very useless. But then Paul began to become his father. Paul said, I became his father when I was in prison. And he said, now I'm sending Onesimus back to you. And though he used to be very useless, now he's very useful both to you and to me. And he said, I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. So what happened for this man? Here's a man that was useless. But 
by Paul's own words, this man was useless, but I became his father, became his spiritual father, became his mentor. And now, after receiving from me while I was in prison, he is very useful, not just to you, but to me. And so remember this, put it in the comments. I put this in the book further faster. Put it in the comments. Uh, impartation takes you from useless to useful. Impartation takes someone from useless to useful. Um, it, you know what? Someone asked the question, what about the people who want correction, but the leader, spiritual mentor doesn't encourage them in the areas of their calling? It may not be the person God has to speak into your life. It may not be the person that you're supposed to be connected with. Uh, you know, the, per the person that God will give you or, or the people, because sometimes it's more than one, will care about your calling. They'll care about your purpose. They'll care about your life. And it's, it's that care that will, want, that will make them want to give you instruction to guide you. It's that care that will make them want to correct you so that you don't fail. It's like when I look at my children. You know, my children, I don't want to see them hurt themselves. I don't want to see them burn themselves. So what's a good dad going to do? Don't touch that. Don't touch that stove. It's hot. It's on. Now, am I, tell, am I yelling at them to not touch the stove because I want to manipulate their life? <laughs> no. I'm telling them not to touch the stove because I love them, I care about them, and I'm shouting out an instruction, a correction, so that they don't hurt themselves because I care about them. I care about them. That's, that's an important thing. The one who's in your life, the one who's speaking to you, is somebody who should care about you and care greatly about you. So, uh, as you're as you're looking for someone like that, that should be an identifier, an identifier. But impartation will take you from being useless to useful, without question, without question. Um, the third reason that people don't advance in their calling and their purpose is because um, they don't ever take time. <laughs> you know, I wish I wish more people would understand this. They don't take time to, uh, and I'm trying to think of the best term. I mean, it, it, it is imagination. I would call it uh, possibility thinking. People just, they, a lot of times what will happen is people will get in a rut. People will get in a rut of just doing the same things over and over and over, routine, and they don't have time to do anything else. People never take time out of what they're, whatever they're doing to think what could be. You know, I already know from the Holy Spirit what I'm supposed to be doing as my calling, but inside of my calling, the things I'm doing, the way I'm doing it, what could be? You know, what could we do that we're not doing now? What could we accomplish? What are things that we, uh, what are the things that we, we could, you know, step out to accomplish that we may, maybe have never even considered doing. Maybe it's not even a part of our current uh, way of doing things. And there's no innovation. There's nothing new. And the growth, you know, I was listening to somebody yesterday. They were saying, you know, the thing that sets us apart from every other being on the earth, because 
other beings have minds, you know, other beings have brains and all that. But you know what? No, imagination is a thing that only human beings have been given. The, th the ability to create in your mind, the ability to imagine things, every, every invention, every creation, everything like that started from an imagination of what could be in someone's mind. That's a God-given trait. The ability to, to imagine, to project something in your mind that it doesn't even exist. How did God create things that don't even exist? It was in his spirit before it came out of his mouth. And then he created it. And people have a desire to create. That comes from the ability to imagine things that are not yet uh, real. And one of the things that I don't see uh, as many people doing as they should be doing is taking time with possibility thinking. What could be in my life that's not, not here now? You know, God will give you ideas to do things that nobody's ever thought of before. Nobody's ever considered before. And it's a powerful thing when you when you do it. It's like, man, what a great, and other people see it like, man, what a great idea that was. Yeah, but you never get to those things if you never engage in that kind of possibility thinking. Like, Lord, what are things that I could do? Like what, and you sit and just, you know, it blows my mind. I was reading about um, the guy that used to be the head of Chick-fil-A and, um, one of the things that I read about him was that every month, every month, he will take his first work day, first work day of, uh, of the coming. And I guess what he does is uh, he took the whole day, told his secretary, I don't want to take any calls. Don't let me be disturbed. Don't. And he would sit in his office and he would think and plan and imagine and prepare the next 40 days of their business. Took a whole eight hours to do it. And sit there with possibility thinking, what could we do better? What is it we could do? And all this stuff. And, and without being interrupted, without being, um, uh, you know, he didn't have to multitask, which is a lie anyway. And, and, and he'd sit there for eight hours in possibility thinking, imagination, planning, of what we're gonna do in the next 40 days. So we always had a 10 day buffer zone between this month and the next month. And he would just, he would plan it out and would not want to be, well, look at the company now. You know, look at, look at what they're doing now. And so one of the things that's so very important is that as you are moving forward in what you're called to do, you have to continually, conti you have to continually be thinking, where can I, where can I grow? Where can I expand? Where can I increase? What are things that I could do that nobody's done? What what are what are the areas? I was speaking with somebody about this uh, with their business the other day, and t telling them that they're like telling them, you know, we're really hoping we sell more of this. I said, and then I, I just came up with three three different things. Well, have you considered doing this? Have you considered doing this? And like, no, you know, we've never considered that. I said, well, have you ever considered, uh, you know, you, you know, going out? Well, you know, I'm busy at home and I have children and all this stuff. I said, yeah, but. Go to your church. I said, you've got youth in the youth group that can already drive kids in the young adults ministry, college age students. I said, pay them a percentage to take that product around and go sell it for you and tell them for everyone that you sell, you know, set up a commission for everyone you sell. I'll give you a portion of the, of the profits. And now you're not even leaving your house, but possibility think things you didn't even think of before. I don't have to be the one out doing it. 
I can send others out. I can go to these places all around my house. What about all these strip malls that are filled with businesses that I could literally go in and sell my product or go in and give small samples of my product for free and say, listen, we would love, I know you'll enjoy this. We wanna just give this to everybody. And then they start loving your product and contacting you, leave your business card, you leave a poster, whatever. And you start thinking, what are things that I'm, I've never done that I could do? <laughs> I'll tell you one of the things that I, I don't know if anybody's ever done this before, but I, I did it. And uh, I, when I wrote my very first book, Praise, Laugh, Repeat, uh, I knew that I wasn't being published you know, by some big publishing company or whatever. But one of the things that I did is I had youth groups take uh, my books and go into Barnes & Noble and just start placing my books in the shelves of the Barnes & Nobles and different places that I, uh, around the country that I had connections and said, listen, just take them in and just put those in the shelves of the Barnes & Noble in the Christian section. And, um, and I had these ideas, you know, a, a card to put in uh, that I would, we would stuff, uh, stuff books in the Christian section with these cards that was like, um, the, inside the card would be, if you've bought this book, well, of course, I don't have any control over the sales of Barnes & Noble, but like, imagine like a bookmark that goes in the books that if you, if you purchase this book, then you get 50% off of this brand new book by Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. And then like a code on the bookmark that when you go to the, the website to get the book, you get to put the code in and you get a percentage off of my book. Well, Barnes and Noble didn't stuff those, you know, uh, the publishing company's not gonna do that, but it's just an idea to go in to, to local bookstores and put those in. And you know, it's it's not illegal. You're not, you're giving something away. You're giving somebody a discount. And so, you know, just having ideas like that, where it's like, what could I do that nobody's ever done before? It's possibility thinking. And it really comes because you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you have the ability to imagine, yeah, that, that's, that's what I called it. And that's the, I've read those books, AJ, and got into that, that you could put boots on the ground. It's called guerrilla marketing. You go into it and you start doing what, you know, others aren't willing to do, but you just go in and start to do it. And um, I think actually, AJ, that's one of the books that I read that opened my mind to that. It was called Guerrilla Marketing for the Home-Based Business, which is an excellent book for anybody that has their own business. I would recommend it to you. Uh, I think it was somebody, Gordon Levitt was the, uh, I can't, I think it was Gordon Levitt is the name of the author. But anyway, check it out. It's called Guerrilla Marketing for the Home-Based Business. I started just getting all these ideas come to me. And I was like, man, I'm going to do that and just go at it. What are things that you've never done that maybe no one's ever done, but you're willing to step out and do it? And as you do it, you see advancement. You see advancement. And uh, one of the bookstores where I lived was like, you know what? Why don't you actually just come in to our bookstore? This is what they this is what they had me do. They're like, why don't you just come into our bookstore and we'll stock a bunch of your books in our bookstore and you can do a book signing, you know, and you, we'll set up a table for you. And we'll set up, you know, we'll have it all, a sign in the window, and we can advertise it. And so it opened up a door for me to go into a local bookstore, do a book signing. And they told me afterwards, that's the most people that we've ever had come to a book signing 
in the history of our bookstore. And uh, it was it was awesome. It was really awesome to see that just having those ideas opened up the doors for things I'd never done before, things I'd never had available to me before. But you have the you have the ability, possibility thinking. What what can I do? Instead of getting on the hamster wheel of just continuing to do the same thing you've always ever done, the same thing everyone else is doing, sit back and take some time and press in and think to yourself, you know, God gave you that imagination. God gave you the ideas. God gives you the ability. You have the mind of Christ. You have access to the ways of God, the thoughts of God. And so uh, you think to yourself, what is it that I can do? What, Lord, lead me? And here's the other thing, number four, which is very sad for most people, but one of the reasons that people never move forward and advance in their calling and purpose, which is directly connected to this, is prayerlessness. Number four, put it in the chat, prayerlessness. That one of the things that gives you access to the thoughts of God, to the ways of God, to the mind of Christ, is prayer. That as you, see, it's important for people to remember Prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. And the most important part of prayer is not what you're saying to God, it's what he's saying to you. The most, the most important part of prayer is not what you're saying to God, it's what God is saying to you. That's what I wanna hear. That's where I get the mind of Christ. That's where I get the uh, ways of God and access to his ways and his thoughts, it's through prayer. And one of the reasons that people don't advance, people don't move forward, prayerlessness. No question. They don't pray. The average Christian does not pray for any, any extended period of time. They do not pray. One, one statistic showed that the average Christian prays less than five minutes a day, which includes their mealtime prayers. Most Christians, that'll just, that right there will give you uh, an advantage above others that aren't even willing to press in, that they won't pray, but if you'll be the one that does pray, anybody that's ever done anything great in the kingdom of God will tell you that prayer is the key to increase. Um, I can remember when I heard uh, Bob Rogers talk about that. I put it in my book on fasting and he was over there. He was on Dr. Cho's board Largest church in the world, over a million members. And he was on the board, Dr. Cho. And he went over and Dr. Cho's uh, mother-in-law, Madam Che, was there. And he asked her, you know, with over a million members in the church, what is your secret to church growth? What is your secret to explosive church growth? And do you know what, what, what her answer was? He was expecting to get like practical tips on church growth. Her answer was, we fast, 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 and we pray, pray, pray. That was her answer. We fast, 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 and we pray, pray, pray. Why? Because prayer gives you access to the thoughts and the ways of God. Gives you access to the mind of Christ. Gives you access to the leading of the Spirit. Gives you access to power. And so when people refuse to pray, they refuse to advance. If people refuse to pray, they refuse to advance, no question. And it's a dangerous thing to think about this. And this is a, a it may seem a harsh way to put it, but I don't know any other way to uh, describe this to you. 
and put it in the comments. Prayerlessness is pride. Put that in the comments if you would. Prayerlessness is pride. It has to be. It has to be. Because it's you saying, I don't need God's input. I don't need to hear God's voice. I don't need any of that. I can do it on my own. I can do it on my own. All prayerlessness is pride. I believe God will say more to you than just one word every time you pray. But God will give you an instruction until you obey it. So you might be in that place where, why would God continue to give you instructions if you haven't even obeyed the last one yet? Right? And so, uh, one of the things that I would encourage people is that if, if you're still get, if you're getting the same word over and over and over in prayer, you need to go back and ask yourself, is it an instruction? Is it a direction that the Lord gave me that I've not yet obeyed? You'll have to go all the way back. You have to go back to the previous, the last instruction God gave you until you complete it. The last, he's never going to give you new guidance until you've completed the last thing. And prayerlessness, man, prayerlessness is totally, totally pride. Because what ends up happening is we start to depend on our own abilities, our own gifts, our own talents, our own connections, our own finances. And we think, you know what? We don't need the Lord. That's truly the reason people don't pray. It's not because they don't have time. That's just the excuse people give. Well, I'm just so busy nowadays. I just got so much going on. But they got, they got, they got, they have time to like binge watch Netflix. They got time to do. They have time to do all the things they want to do. It's just they don't have time to pray. I'm just, bro, I've just been so busy. We got so much going on with the family. And, and, and it's because they don't prioritize it because they don't think they need it. They don't think it's important. And that's pride. I don't need God's interaction with my life. That's pride. That's total pride. It's total pride. And so you have to keep these things in mind. Number one, you have to know, you have to get a calling from God. You have to get a purpose from God. If you're going to advance, you got to know what you're called to do. But number two, you have to be connected with that uh, mentor that's going to uh, correct you, speak into your life, that's going to cause you to move forward, and sometimes forcefully, sometimes uncomfortably, but cause you to move forward by faith. Number three, you've got to have that ability of imagination, possibility, thinking. No question about it. If people don't ever step out from what's normal, they'll never advance, ever, ever. I don't have any desire to be on a hamster wheel. I don't have any desire to do it the same way I've always done it, to continue on over and over. And it gets boring, man. And you can't continue going on. You always have to be uh, changing. Now, you don't change your belief system, you don't change the word of God, you don't change uh, your doctrinal belief, you don't change those things. That The gospel message remains the same, the word of God remains the same, God himself remains the same. But your methods will definitely change. The, where you're going, what you're doing will definitely change. And so you have to begin to engage in that possibility of thinking, how can I, how can I, how can I know what I'm called to do? And then, 
Number five, I want to deal with this because most people never get introspective enough to ask this question. What are my weaknesses? This is number five. Put it in the comments. Identify your weaknesses. What are the things that are holding me back? What are the things that are holding me back? Why am I not moving forward? You know, maybe the reason you're not moving forward, you've never stepped back and said to yourself, well, okay, I've got a call, I've got a purpose, I've got a spiritual father, I've got, I'm thinking about these, but why? Why am I not able to move forward? What are the things that are stopping me? You know, there's a, there's a saying in business, uh, and it's a good saying, um, staff your weaknesses. That's a saying that uh, people have often heard if you've been in the business world for any period of time, staff your weaknesses. Find people that, will, that are strong at doing what you're weak at doing so that you don't suffer in that area. You're not suffering in that area because you're gonna connect with somebody on your team that is very good at something you're not good at at all. Rather than being frustrated because you're continually trying to get better at it, but it's not your thing, connect with somebody that's very good at it. Or at the very least, at the very least, you know, if we're not looking at this from a staffing perspective, at the very least, find a system that you can put in place that will strengthen you in the area that you identify as a weakness. Let me give you an example. Uh, what if you were to say, well, you know, I have a very, I have a very bad memory. I can't, I'm not, unable, I don't, I just don't remember stuff. People tell me things. I don't remember it. I forget. I forget to call people back. I forget. I forget projects, whatever. Okay. I get it. Your memory, the way that you function is not the best. Well, you can do one of two things. If it's in a, a business setting, you could hire somebody to be like a personal assistant. You could have hire somebody to, to take all that information and identify it and, and categorize it and prepare it for you. Or if it's not in that context, why don't you have uh, some kind of a system that you create, whether it's by uh, apps that you'll use on your phone and tablet and laptop, uh, a different filing system, reminder system, whether you got a set, you know, as soon as someone gives you a piece of information, you automatically set a reminder on your phone and your tablet. You automatically set up a system. You automatically set these things in place. Uh, whatever you got to do, whatever you've got to do. And, and that's the key is that if you're going to people, you know, what's funny to me is how many people think that just because God told them to do something, he's going to make it all work. <laughs> God told me to do this. He's going to just, he's going to make it all happen in his time. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't happen like that. God is looking for faithful, diligent people that will do the work, that will press in and be diligent and will go after the calling that he's put upon their life. And if you don't identify those things and say, what is it? What is it that I can do that's going to put me in a place where I am extremely efficient, where I'm extremely impactful, extremely productive? You've got to do it. And that takes, I understand that that takes introspection and that's uncomfortable. People don't like that. People does not, people do not like to look at themselves and say, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and I can understand why. What's my problem? What's wrong with me? People would rather just be like, man, I'm still, I'm doing so great. At least I'm not like him. At least I'm not like her. At least I don't have that. No, 
Get introspective. What, where, where are the areas I need to work on? What are the areas I need strength? Where, what are the areas I need help? And don't ignore them. Don't ignore them. Fix them. Fix them to move forward. Set something in place so they won't hinder you any longer. And as you do, watch and see as those gaps are filled, one thing after another. You just keep moving forward. The efficiency continues to rise. The production level continues to rise. I'm telling you. And people don't want to do it because it's uncomfortable. A lot of these things that I've talked about today, people don't want to do them. It's uncomfortable. But that's all right. You can't. If you stay comfortable, you'll never grow. If you just stay comfortable, all growth is uncomfortable because it takes work. It's a challenge. All growth is uncomfortable. You can't even go to the gym and have your muscles grow without being uncomfortable. Nothing that is good. Comfort is an enemy of increase. Comfort is an enemy of increase. No question. Comfort is an enemy of increase. Even your flesh. You think about even, even the way God has financial increase for his people. Even the seeds God will ask you to sow that will be huge seeds, that will feel uncomfortable to your flesh. No question about it. It'll feel uncomfortable to your flesh. But there, there is no growth without that discomfort. Because you got to get out of your comfort zone and do what the Lord's called you to do. Amen. And I'm telling you, when you do, watch and see as there is violent increase, violent advancement. Amen. Violent increase, violent advancement. I want to pray for you today uh, because I'm believing that before this year comes to an end, you're going to see violent increase, violent advancement in your own purpose, your own call, ministry, business, family, whatever it is. You're going to see God touch you in such a way that you're like looking back like, I can't believe how quickly that God lifted me up. I can't believe how quickly we've been promoted, that we've advanced. And God will do it. This is going to be the greatest year we've ever seen. Father, I pray for every person watching, every person listening. And I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus that you would, uh, number one, give them a clear instruction, a clear vision, a clear purpose so that they'll never wander. They'll never wonder how uh, or where they're supposed to be going. Never in Jesus name. Lord, for those that are watching and listening, that they're not yet connected with someone who could be considered a, a spiritual father, a mentor in their life. Lord, let this be the year that you connect them with somebody that's been there, done that, that has the care and love for them in their ministry, their, their business, their family, that is needed to guide them in Jesus' name. Lord, enlarge our minds. Give us access to your ways, your thoughts, the mind of Christ, so that we can see things that are possible that we've never considered before. Give us a hunger to pray in Jesus' mighty name like we've never prayed by the power of your spirit. And let us be humble enough. Give us introspection that we can quickly identify what needs to change in us, what needs to change in our personal lives, in our families, in our ministries, show us the changes. We'll be quick to make them. We thank you for that. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Before I go, I want to encourage you to sow a seed into this ministry. Uh, if you've not done so this month, I want to encourage you to partner with us, stand with us 
on a monthly basis, you can go to miracleword.com. If you're listening on the podcast, you can swipe up. There's a link to click and you can sow a seed there. But let me just say this. I'm challenging people to stand with us, to sign up, to become a monthly partner with this ministry. Maybe you've never done it. You've never taken the time. You've never, you've never stepped out by faith. I'm encouraging you to do that today. Step out and become a partner with this ministry. We're touching 180 nations of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ through television. We're broadcasting daily. We're preaching in live crusades. Do you know we've had over 80 people saved in just two days here in Michigan? Over 80 souls saved in just two days. It's, it's, it's supernatural. But people are coming in. Miracles are taking place. And so I want you to be a part of that. Stand with us. Go to miracleword.com. Click on the partner link and see all that we're doing and stand with us. What can you do on a monthly basis? Can you stand with us at $100 a month? There's some that, that are standing at $250, $500, some at $1,000 a month. But what can you do? What can you do by faith to be a part of what God's doing in these final moments of time? And whatever you do, we say thank you. We say we love you. We're praying for our partners on a weekly basis, standing with you as well. We want to see increase in your life. On there, you'll see as you go through the website that we want to send you a blessing for being a part of this ministry financially this month. You'll see all that information. If you'd like to claim uh, those gifts after you've sown your seed, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and uh, you'll be able to get them. We'll send them to you. Our new magazine is out and shipping. If you'd like to be uh, a part of that mailing list to receive our, our magazine every quarter, go to that website, miracleword.com and click on it and uh, sign up and we'll get you a copy of the magazine. Also, if you didn't know this, in our free app, which is in the App Store and the Google Play Store, if you go get our free app, um, we have all editions of our magazine ever archived in the app. You can get all of our television broadcasts there, 24-7 radio. There's a brand new episode of the Last Gen podcast that's out today. We have so much content for you that we make available for free. Again, listen, um, I want to say to you this. If you've not signed up to be a part of Bible Study Made Simple, sign up today. There's only a few days left before we close registration. Go to bible.miracleword.com and sign up. I love you guys. Uh, I hope to see you tonight, 6.30 p.m. Uh, we're back at Gateway Assembly tonight, tomorrow night. Don't miss it. Amen. Jen, love you and your husband. God bless you guys. We'll see you again tonight, 6.30. I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.